1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red for our second Christmas episode of 2020. We know how tough a year it's been for everyone and it's going to be a different Christmas throughout the whole country. We wanted to shine a light on the good work that's been done to help people in the area by the Nottingham Forest Community Trust, specifically their work with Hope Nottingham food banks this festive season. Last week, first team players Lyle Taylor, Carl Jenkinson, Bree Samba, Cafu, and Miguel Guerrero delivered food parcels around the city. Afterwards, I spoke with Community Trust leader Graham Moran about the work his team does and the eye opening experience it was for the players. You'll then hear from Nigel Adams, the director of Hope Nottingham, about the work they're doing in the community.
2: Forest are one of the biggest, sort of, well known brands in the city and the county and I think professional football has a responsibility anyway to to support their communities and if you look at the history of football and crowds that used to come to the games it was all around people living around football stadiums so although geography has changed a little bit that's still the same for me that you know responsibility that an organisation like the Forest have uh, to support their communities is, is is there so our it might help us our priorities as a community trust are around improving physical and mental well-being, um, creating bigger opportunities for young people to access education training and employment um, and then also building stronger more resilient communities so that is making sure that people have opportunities and when we get things like this that's happened in the last nine or ten months, we all come together to do something about it and make sure people can survive. Um, so we're trying to, at the moment, our big thing is around how we help people become more resilient against poverty, food hunger, all those things and also a big focus on physical and mental well-being.
1: 2020 has been tough for everyone. Has it been a particularly challenging year for you and have you been more Um, active and do you think you've made a bigger difference in 2020 because of how hard it's been
2: we we sometimes forget that and people maybe have a a slightly um strange perception of a a trust within a football club they see professional football they see all the big flashy stuff and everything and maybe don't understand the depth of work that's going on behind the scenes in terms of community engagement and for us this year we're probably doing more now than what we really should be doing as a charity. So we are a charity. So we're an official charity. So our role is to do whatever we can when there's crisis or whether um, even during reasonable times we're supporting people. So that's our role. And this year particularly, um, we've had to adapt and be a lot more flexible in how we operate, uh, shift our work. So we haven't been able to do a lot of face-to-face football coaching, um, You know, not getting to as many schools as we normally do. But then on the other hand, the real need across Nottingham and, and where we started linking up with OP even more this year was around, there was this huge demand for um, PPE equipment, food, uh, household items. So we were able to shift the focus of what we do. So our team, um, although they've got their own roles and their responsibilities, shifted to doing anything we asked them to do. And that's Our take on it, our approach around this, and and I can speak on behalf of the club, was we need to do whatever's needed. And if it's nothing like our day job, it doesn't matter. And and I have to say, um, since we've had uh, Mr. Maranakis as an owner and all the infrastructure around the club now, in 30-odd years of doing this work, this is the most exciting, interesting, supportive time I've ever had at professional football club and that comes from the people within the club um, probably not many people are aware of that or hear it in that terms but for me um I don't say it makes our life easy but it allows us to do what we really want to
1: do can you kind of expand on the link with uh, Hope Nottingham then and what you're doing at Christmas specifically
2: yeah um so the, the link with Hope goes back a little bit more than this year in you know sort of a on a small scale basis Um, So I know the the football club, even before the Trust were involved, was supporting Nigel and his team uh, on a number of projects. Um, But this year particularly is quite interesting because working with Nigel and certainly that voluntary sector has enabled us to build this alliance of local charities and community groups that have come to the rescue in some respects. But Nigel in particular, for him, it's not just about... Coming to people's rescue and having these emergency packages and delivering lots of food, they see beyond what's coming. So next year, the year after, and the year after that, we might still be dealing with a lot of this. So the way he operates his charity, their purpose is more around, is more will go beyond COVID. So we've learned a lot from working with Nigel, you know, his enthusiasm, his passion. You know you spoke to him, and but very understated, very under the radar. Um, And a lot of people have been shouting and screaming about what they've been doing this year. Um, But people like Nigel just get on and do what they're supposed to be, you know, what they're really good at. So I think we all bring to this what we're really good at. Football Club and the Trust bring all our expertise, investment. And Nigel brings his knowledge of, you know, people who are really struggling and that, you know, those people that need food, need um, household items and just generally need support, debt advice, all those things are now becoming part of what I talk about every day to people. What he's also quite good at doing and what we've done together, we've sort of built up this network of uh, private operators who have donated lots of different things um, this year in terms of, I think, between us, we've um, delivered over 300,000 essential household items and food items. We've, we've worked with him on a number of... That's big stuff, but individually, the individual people he works with that probably we wouldn't come across in our normal work, but making a difference to somebody's life who lives on their own, who's just come out of hospital, all those things are quite important. The danger is you forget some of those people. Um, So actually, we we think our trust is much stronger from um, working with Nigel and Hope in particular.
1: Did... um... Cafu and Guerrero find it an eye-opening experience. Then, in terms of, you know, it's a bit of a surprise that it's twenty twenty and you're needed so much. Were they a bit blown away by that? And are first team players in general a bit surprised that, you know, the scale of poverty or, or the the scale of work that needs to be done to help people when they get out and about?
2: I, I don't think you can generalize. I mean, um, you know, since Lyle Taylor came in, for example, just use one example. I knew from his where he was previous his previous club at Charlton. Uh, that he does a lot of work raising funds for cancer u k and things like that, so and he's he 's not daft, he knows what it 's all about. he comes from I think that part of london so whereas the guys I had yesterday um, were it was difficult um, for them, I think because they probably haven 't seen that level of poverty um, certainly in their adult life. but what was fantastic was I was trying to explain as best I could, so my Portuguese and Spanish is is nowhere as good as their English, I have to say. So I'm, you know, blundering my way through with the old bit of Portuguese and Spanish. But I think, you know, sometimes you just look at people and by the time we got to the third house yesterday, uh, you could see that they were taught. Talk- I could hear them talking to each other behind me about stuff. And I'm sure they were saying, Oh my God, look at that. what's this, what's this. But when they got in, the great thing yesterday was we pulled up at a house, knocked on the door and, um, and this little old lady came to the door and she didn't have a clue what was going on, obviously, but tried to explain to her. And then so Miguel, for example, um, it must have been difficult for them because they didn't have that sort of natural English language going on with this old lady. But he was I think they were trying to say to her, have a Christmas. We really want you to have a good time. This has come from us. And he did the whole, you know, he did the whole, "Come on, Merry Christmas. You know, we love you. You know, have a good time. All that little things like that you know, not prompted or anything. Um, and then Catherine joins in as well. So it was a bit of a thing going on. So all afternoon on the way back, we're doing this. But so things like that, little things like that, I'm sure will make a difference. So it's good for players to to witness stuff like that. I'm sure it is. Some of them will, will do lots of charitable work. I mean, people sometimes have a, the wrong perception of players. People are normally, as I know them, they're only, you know, they're only young men and most of them, do you know? Do what they're asked, and do it. Some of it, do it off their own back, like the likes of Lyle's and other people who've had at the club in the past. So, yeah, I mean, for for me as the head of the community trust, to see players taking part like that in something completely off, out of their comfort zone, is, is just so refreshing, you know. So, again, you know, it's the football club doing something useful for the community.
1: The last thing I wanted to ask you about is twenty twenty one, and you sort of touched on it about the fallout of coronavirus there's uncertainty over Brexit and what, you know, how that's going to affect society. Do you think the trust and um, local charities, do you think you're going to be needed more than ever? And it's going to be, you know, busier and more um, important what the trust does next in 2021?
2: Yeah. If I'm honest, I mean, um, the COVID, I think ourselves, people like Nigel, the other charities already looking way beyond next year now already. So, it has been challenging it has been tough and we've all had issues around lost revenues lost funding um all those things but actually again the within our organization we i've got um, an independent board chairman of the football club sits on my board so we have that direct link with someone senior at the football club we're we're planning on growing and doing more it might be different to what it has been in the past a little bit but actually we, you know we're looking at new facilities, all those types of things in communities, building them in the community. So we're not thinking of um, taking it easy or just dwelling on what's happening at the moment. It's what's coming beyond. And I think you'll find that um, ourselves, people like Hope Charity working together and others, I think it's the voluntary sector that's reacted to this and been flexible enough and adaptable in in this environment where sometimes it's difficult for statutory bodies because of the issues they have around funding, so we're quite excited. This sounds this sounds bad, doesn't it? But we're really excited about what's coming because it's what we do. That's what we should be doing, and we think that um, you know we've got a bigger role to play this year. And certainly the the investment that we get, like I mentioned previously, uh, coming from the football club, it really that collaboration between the charitable side of the club, the engagement side, the fans and the owners of the club uh, has been even more significant this year. And a lot of people will just look at results. So if you're a fan like me, hardcore fan like me, we have those moments, you know, uh, when we would all pick a different side maybe. But underneath it all, um, there's all this great stuff happening behind that's building for the future. So, you know, we have faith in what's coming on the pitch. and But behind it all is what I see as a a proper football club. If I had a vision of what a football club and its charity does and operated at the moment, this is what it would be.
1: Now you'll hear from Nigel Adams from Hope Nottingham. Stay tuned to the end for details of how you can support the charity. Nigel's going to tell us about all the good work they do around the city when it comes to food banks and wider community support.
0: Hope Nottingham now oversees 15 food banks across Nottingham, in Nottingham City, Broxdale Borough and Gedling. Um, food banks and other kinds of community support to help people uh, make progress in their lives, get out of poverty and into work in secure homes. The way that we run our food banks is that we, whilst we give out food, we also try to make sure that we welcome people, we have a good conversation with them, try and understand what their issues are, not just in terms of lack of food, but what are the reasons that they're struggling, and what can we do to help them and that can range to all sorts of things for helping train people get into work give them some voluntary experience to build their confidence help address issues like debt all sorts of different things really we just try to respond to what the need is with practical help really it can be individuals that are struggling um, it can be families it can be people that have worked all of their lives but then kind of hit a brick wall in their circumstances And so it's a whole spectrum of people, really, ordinary people like you and I who sometimes just life deals them a bad set of cards and they need some help. Is that always in the
1: back of your mind? Because I was thinking before we did this interview that, you know, but for a different deck of cards, as you say, then I could be the person in need of help. Is that something that you're you know, mindful of? Uh,
0: Yes. um, Certainly some of the people we've supported, um, you know, one of the very first people that we helped out was somebody who worked all their life and they retired and for various reasons they were struggling to get their pension sorted out and they were for a while they were left with nothing um, and we were able to help them overcome some of those difficulties so that they had a proper pension in place sometimes things just don't quite work out the way you expect And that can happen to, as I say, literally people like you and me.
1: Was there a big worry for you back in March and April when the world was turned upside down that, you know, donations wouldn't be forthcoming, money would completely dry up and as a charity, you'd be in real trouble?
0: (laughs) Um, Not really, no, if I'm honest. I mean, (laughs) we're a faith based organisation. I I tend to just, push God will provide and and he does. Um, But um, in reality... The the thing that we struggled with most wasn't having enough money or enough food. We were literally overwhelmed with support. Um, it's been astonishing. And um, the thing that we struggled with most to begin with is we were given so much money from all sorts of people that uh, normally we just we just ask for food for the food bank. Um, but we said actually don't give us food because that means coming to us and we needed to stay at home. So give us money online. People did in their thousands, literally and the Robin Hood Fund, all sorts of other organisations helped out. Um, And so we were able to buy food, but we had this problem that there was nowhere selling it. We couldn't actually get the food to begin with. It took us a couple of months to get to a stage where we could buy food properly in the bulk that we needed to keep up with the demand. Prior to that, we were literally, there was one, I think there was one week back in May where I went to, two different supermarkets and a cash and carry in three consecutive days and spent £5,000. And and every day that I went out and bought the food, it was gone by the next day. Mm. And that's calmed down a whole lot now, thankfully. And we have... Uh, Supermarkets in place, ready to accept large orders if we need them. Um, But for a little while, it was very hand to mouth. Uh,
1: Where does Forest fit into it then? What's the what's the link up with them?
0: Well, Forest, I've got our help with deliveries. So we commence in the fourteenth of December. Hopefully, by that stage, we'll have most, if not all, of the food hampers ready and packed for delivery. Um, And so, some of the Forest team will be getting involved with deliveries, and I think there's some other, other goodies coming along as well to go with the hampers. Um, so we'll see some Forest uh, players and staff bringing food hampers to people's doorsteps across Nottingham.
1: Is this um, a long-standing relationship with them? I mean, how did it come about? Did you did you go to them, or did they come to you?
0: Well, it's the relationship with Nottingham Forest started about eighteen months ago, initially through some of the fans, through um, the I think through uh, the Forza Garibaldi organisation, mm-hmm. then the Supporters Trust got involved but initially we were doing food parcel collections, food bank collections in one of the pubs outside the ground um about a year a bit more than a year ago um, and that then led to a relationship with the club itself so during last season and um, we did a number of food collections uh, throughout the course of the season thinking about it, it's longer than 18 months ago um, we throughout last season we did about five different collections outside the ground for people to bring food donations to, which was brilliant. Actually, we really enjoyed doing that. We got massive support and loads of food from the fans that were coming to the game. But of course, we haven't been able to do that for several months now, um, and so people have uh, supported us another way since then.
1: Uh, you mentioned that you started the charity, or you one of the people in a group that started. I mean. Uh, why is not really a good question, but what drove you to get involved? Because you know, it, it's a big sacrifice, I imagine.
0: Well, it's part of my life story, I suppose. I, I, um, I used to be a civil engineering consultant, so I was a director of a civil engineering consultancy in Nottingham. Um, but for various reasons, I decided that 16 17 years ago, I decided I want to go and work for my local church in a kind of community. and and working with community and young people and families. Um, Bit of a long story, but I got involved through that in enabling churches to work together to meet need in local communities around Nottingham. Um, There was a national initiative in 2008 called Hope Awaits, which was just about getting churches of every flavour to work together and meet the needs of their community. That was something I got very enthusiastic about, ended up leading the churches in the Beeston area to do that kind of work that led to um s- supporting an existing soup kitchen project in beeston and um, which basically the, the the leaders of it, the church that was running that asked us to help out and effectively take it over we did and then wanted to develop that in a much more holistic way so it wasn't just about giving out a breakfast to homeless people but much more holistic support and and everything's grown from there really uh, we started with nothing uh, 10 years ago, um, and at this moment in time, although we're saving more people than I could possibly have imagined, the level of support that we're experiencing is also far more than I could possibly have imagined. As we come out of lockdown, hopefully soon, one of the things that we will be doing more and more of is alongside the food bank offering things like debt advice uh, and employability support to help people get back into work. And so I'd say kind of just look out for those things and opportunities to support what we're doing, whether that's financially or with time. We, we really like to do things with volunteers as much as possible so that the whole community can get involved. Um, sometimes people giving time is more valuable than anything
1: else if you want to support hope nottingham their website's www.hope-nottingham.org.uk thanks to everyone who's listened to the podcast in 2020 that's our last episode of the year but we'll be back in early january to bring you more coverage of all things nottingham forest thank you for listening to garibaldi red a nottingham forest podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode thanks for listening